Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. 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 Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. And uh, say hi to Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hi, Pat. So uh, we, I want to take a moment sure. and really acknowledge, um, I want to acknowledge what today is. Mm-hmm. And today, of course, you know, we're, whether you're watching on television or you're listening to the radio, it is September 11th. And, you know, this is a day that we will remember in our history books for a long time coming. Um, And, you know, I want to thank everybody that um, supported information, supported the people, supported the victims. Uh, And for many of you, you know, especially those that followed uh, the show for 15 years, uh, we did a special partnership with Tom Cruise's camp. Uh, and the uh, detox facility that he helped uh, create in Manhattan. And that was a facility that back in the day, Benny, um, when people were trying to get insurance coverage, when they were trying to get help for, you know, what happened to them, when they were trying to get medical coverage, and, you know, we've lost so many champions of that cause, we did a live broadcast from the detox center in New York that was pretty much funded by Tom Cruise. So we are very, very happy to be part of that. And we're going to be playing some of those interviews with some of the uh, firefighters and police people and people in the area uh, that um, were affected by 9-11 and the, the countless people with the aftermath of health conditions. So we're gonna be looking at that a little bit more closely, but this is a day for us to remember, and it is a day for us for great prayers to the many people out there that did so much, so much to save lives, as well as those that did sacrifice their lives on that day. if there was a way to uh, on radio to take a moment of silence, we would. But all the buzzers and buttons would go off in the studio. And I think today, if you can find time for a moment for yourselves um, to just think kindly, kindly and gratefully of all of the people that did courageous, courageous acts on that day, after that day, and especially as advocates to getting people and the animals that were involved health. Um, You know, one of the things that I think many of us talk about in the aftermath of that is what we knew, 
and what we didn't know. And so today, Marge Potasek is joining me here today as the host of a fabulous radio show uh, that is about the knowledge book. And today is a journey into literally exploring the depth and the breadth of what we mean by knowledge. And the expression, knowledge is power, is an expression that we have heard time and time and time again. But when you think about knowledge as being power, what does it mean? Certainly, if you listen to my introduction, the knowledge of what was happening to the people in the aftermath, the people that were cleaning up, the people that lived in New York City, if you knew and had the knowledge of, of what was going on and how their health would be affected, many, many things could have been done and done differently. But today, when we talk about knowledge, knowledge is power. It's going to be an in-depth journey into that dimension that we absolutely explore in our lives, recognize when knowledge happens, but rarely can pinpoint the situation when knowledge could have happened and it doesn't. And so knowledge and truth and knowledge and truth as provided by the knowledge book is, is our conversation today. Marge, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Um, that story that I told about knowledge and the aftermath of 9-11, especially because I was on my own healing journey and I discovered the truth about healing for me. I discovered the truth about natural medicine, conventional medicine, how to put them together. And the knowledge of that really uh, reached some of the survivors. And so this detox process was one of the first to happen to save lives. But knowledge is so vast. So let's let's talk about it from your perspective, right? Well, one of the things that actually came very clear to me because I was, you know, on the streets of New York because I mm -hmm. lived in that, I worked in that area um, of 9-11 and, um, and the World Trade Center. One of the things that actually was very, very clear that after that date, the consciousness of New York City just completely changed, completely mm -hmm. changed. And where we were separate beings, where we were afraid to look at another person as they're walking down the street towards you, that completely changed after 9-11. People now are ready to smile at you. Even if you don't smile at them, they will start the smile. They will start the conversation. It's amazing what happened after 9-11. And also, all of a sudden, heroes arose. Mm. People who would never would have thought would have done what they've done. They were helping people. They were sheltering people. They were directing and guiding people. It was amazing. So there was a tremendous consciousness shift, and we have never gone back to pre-9-11. And the knowledge that the knowledge book tells us is... Whatever is happening, no matter how awful it seems at the time, no matter how bad it seems at the time, and it was a horrific event, it took me about three years to kind of get over it. Um, 
but no matter what the horrific event, there is always a positive outcome. And in my viewpoint, as far as 9-11 is concerned, it is the fact that the consciousness level completely changed in New York City. And mm -hmm. we've become a more unified people. We've become a person, people that are more accepting. So there is a definitely a positive. I mean, you mentioned the health aspect of it. Yeah. And one of the things that's happening again is this positive outcome of mm. catastrophic events. Mm. And what the knowledge book tells us is everything is proceeding towards the positive and the good, that everything has a reason as to why it's happening. And eventually it all will turn out to the fact that humanity will be unified and humanity um, will be one. Yeah. And we have seen champions uh, arise. Uh, and we very recently um, have seen the passing of one of the, the great champions in terms of health and healthcare benefits. And, you know, Marge, what's interesting is, you know, how these people that came forward had to fight for knowledge, had to fight for it, had to really come out and say, let us tell you what's happening. Let us tell you this truth that we have. Uh, and I'm asked the question that's a really tough question. You know, why won't you believe us? Why won't you believe that the aftermath of this for so many had side effects? But here's what I love about this. They never gave up. They never gave up. The fight for truth, the fight for knowledge, you know, stands even to this day when we think about 9-11. It stands at the forefront of things. Um, and yet, in the world we live in today, the battle for knowledge slash truth is really a conundrum. And, you know, somebody said to me, Marge, I'd like you to comment on it. Somebody said to me the other day, you know, truth is dead. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, truth is dead. And I said, well, what do you mean? He says, we're living in a world now where if somebody in a power position makes a statement and says it over and over and over again, it becomes truth. So real truth is dead. And I said, you know, I said, here's what the interesting part of that was. I said, there was a man that is considered by some of, uh, of his followers to have been a great leader, a great leader. I don't consider him to be a great leader. I consider him to be horrific, you know, the highest form of evil that we can even imagine. And that what he did was he used an approach where he would make a statement and say it over and over and over again till it was believed. And that was Adolf Hitler. And I think mm -hmm. today's show is really to have a conversation with you about the knowledge book and about knowledge truth. Because I think we must, must be able to fight for the truth of who we are. What do you think? Well, the truth is available for everyone, actually. Yeah. And the truths that are given in the knowledge book basically tell us who we are, where we come from, how we came to be, where we are going, what our path is. We've been given, I mean, this knowledge book is the last book, as it says, but also is the first book. This is the book that's, that has been in existence, you know, since the universe came into existence. 
and we were given subsets of this knowledge of the truth as we were maturing, as humanity was maturing and was able to accept more and more energies and more and more knowledge. So every piece of knowledge is a key because every word is a key to a specific dimension. And when our brains are at the same frequency as that word that we are reading, we are actually opening up the dimension through that word. And then once we do open up that dimension through that word, we are able to draw in the energies and frequencies that are in that dimension. And therefore we become stronger. We get higher energies. We get higher frequencies. We get healthier and everything proceeds towards the perfect. So whatever happens to us, whether it's a tragic event or a not so tragic event, that all becomes a stepping stone. That all becomes a means and a tool and a methodology by which we learn more and more things that by which we are able to do more and more things and understand more and more things. So the knowledge that's given in the knowledge book again tells us how the universe came to be, what the laws of the universe are, how things are guided, how things are put together, who we are, and especially who we are, where we come from, and what we are to do. So that's in a nutshell. One of the other things that is given is the original law of the universe. And when we think about what the original law of the universe was and where we are as humanity, we're basically understanding that we're actually opposite of what the original law of the universe is. Mm. If you don't mind, I'm going to you know, recap yes. what those yes. are. Yes, please. Okay, so number one is whoever you are, so is your brother sister. Two, mothers are the mothers of all the children. Fathers are the fathers of all the children. Three, in one morsel, partiality, even as small as a grain of wheat, cannot be made. Four, everything will be equally distributed to everyone. Five, one who does not radiate his, her love to his, her surroundings, who does not let flow his, her energy to his, her essence, is transferred beyond the curtain of immortality. She, he is sent to the principle of existence, program of reincarnation and karma. So if this is the original law of the universe, how everything was supposed to function by comparing ourselves as to what our idea of family is and what our idea of possessions are, we can kind of can see where we still need to go in order to reach that, that goal and that understanding and actually follow and incorporate those laws in our lives. Mm -hmm. Let can we go over them one by one if we sure. if we could because well, they're so important to have, really have a conversation about because they begin sort of the you know uh, uh, let's just say they become the spot point for what we're about to talk about but the basis the basis for holding a standard I believe for truth can we talk about them one by one March Okay, whoever you are, so is your brother sister. Basically, to me, that means everyone is the same. There is no difference between us. We are brothers and sisters. Mm. If we, if I prick my finger and I bleed, mm -hmm. so does everybody else. So if we are the same, how can we discriminate? How can we judge? Mm -hmm. How can we separate ourselves from everybody else? Mm -hmm. So basically, that's an understatement, an over, 
a statement of a truth that we are the same. There is no differentiation between us. And when you look at the genetic level, there is no actually difference. There is no such thing as a genetic trait in between races. There's no such thing as a genetic trait. You may have, you know, one kind of gene expressing black hair, another one just expressing blonde hair. Actually, it's two genes. One actually that produces the, the pigment and another gene that actually puts it in your hair. So, um, you know, we're all the same. We're mm -hmm. all the same. Even on the genetic level, we're the same. Mm -hmm. Okay, number two, mothers are the mothers of all the children. Fathers are the fathers of all the children. Basically, all children are our children. Mm. So we should not be, you know, afraid of letting our children play in the front yard or in the backyard or in the street because in, if we follow these laws, if we follow these precepts, then everybody will be taken care of of our children biological children because we will understand that we are all the children are our children that we care for everyone and everyone cares for us mm. um do you have any question on those two uh, i want to i want you to go through them all and then okay. we'll come back to it so number three is in one morsel partiality even as small as a grain of wheat cannot be made so there is no such thing as favoritism and the knowledge book basically emphasizes this over and over again. Everyone is given their due. Everyone, everything is shared equally among everyone. So the energies that are coming to us, the knowledge that is being given to us is given to everyone at the same time. The differences that happen is the differences that we cause ourselves, meaning we can only absorb what we can absorb at the level that we are at at that particular point in time. So some of us are able to absorb all the energies that are coming in. Some of us are only able to absorb a portion of the energies that are coming in. Some of us can understand only a portion of the knowledge because we're not at the evolution level to be able to understand everything. But all these energies, all these frequencies, all the knowledge that's being given to us is open to everyone and everyone has access to it. And actually the energies are coming from um, the dimension of the, from the alpha channel, and it is given equally to everyone. It is just us not being able to accept everything because of our own particular evolution level. Okay. Mm. Um, and this also comes to the fact where we cannot, just because this is my biological child, I give them everything, but if somebody else's biological child comes in and you don't like the parents, you're not going to treat the child right. So we are also bound to basically treat everyone fairly. And whether that person is your enemy or your friend, if they are hungry, you share your food. If you, they, you, they don't have clothes, you share your clothes. Basically, everything is to be distributed. Everything is to be given fairly to everyone. And everything will be equally distributed to everyone. That's number four. I mean, again, if let's say we're distributing food to, let's say, you know, another country because they are in need, that means everyone, whether they're the terrorists or not, are supposed to be given a por an equal portion of whatever is being distributed. This is not medium of favoritism. It is not a medium of discrimination. It is where everyone accepts everything and everyone. Now the mm -hmm. last one, this is 
this is the one where we are have to be. Uh, let me read it. One yes. who does not radiate, one who does not radiate his her love to his her surroundings, who does not let flow his her energy to his her essence, is transferred beyond the curtain of immortality. She he is sent to the principle of existence, program of reincarnation and karma. Basically, we eventually, when we get to our essence, when we are when we come, when we become that spark of God that we have in our internally, then we'll be able to become like gold, become like this perfect mm -hmm. transmitter gold that allows all the energies that come into gold to trans be transmitted out of gold. That's why gold is used in all this um, electronic equipment yeah. because it is a perfect transmitter. So our objective to eventually is to be a perfect transmitter that whatever we are able to radiate, to draw in, into our essence, we then, through our magnetic field and through our bodies, are able then to perfectly then radiate it to our surroundings. And if we're we are successful in doing this, then we are immortal at that point. And if we cannot do this, we come back to the law of karma and reincarnation, we come back to this planet, we come back to this world as a physical body, and complete the journey we weren't able to complete because we couldn't get to the uh, you know the ultimate objective of us being here on this planet mm. Marge what I want to do is I want to take a short break Benny and when we come back I want to talk about each and every one of these from the perspective of you, you know where we are today and knowledge is power from a spiritual perspective because I think that you know, what we see when I look at each and every one of those and we look at them more closely, uh, what we find is if, in fact, these principles were truly enacted in the world we would live in, we wouldn't be in competition for resources. We'd be sharing them. You know, we wouldn't be looking at another and commenting on how they look or feel. We wouldn't be putting our children in cages and separating them from their mothers. We wouldn't be doing a horrific act like that. But we live in a world now where change is not something that can be optional. It's an ultimatum. When we come back, we're going to talk about knowledge is power from the spiritual perspective. From the spiritual perspective. And it's, and it's really quite daunting for me when I think about it from that place. And I think about the question of what am I doing in the world to really help right some wrongs? What am I doing? I can't speak for anybody else, but what am I doing? When we come back, knowledge is power. And what is the spiritual essence of what Marge Potasek just shared? Uh, I want to make sure all of you know that if you want to find out more about the knowledge book and about Marge and what she does, uh, you can go to www.usa.theknowledgebook.net or go to transformationtalkradio.com and you'll be able to see Marge's show, The Knowledge Book, right there and click on it and you'll find out more. Uh, let's take a short break, Benny. We'll be right back. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. 
Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Dream on, fly high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Tap into the wisdom of animals, angels, and masters with Darcy Pariso on Animal Soul Wisdom Radio. Tune in monthly as Darcy brings insights on how to better understand and deepen our relationships with animals. Working with light and pureness of ancient techniques, Darcy, healer, animal communicator, and medium is here to guide you through this process and provide inspiration to move forward. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Well, thank you, Benny. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Um, Marge Patasek is joining me here today. And what we're talking about is the quote, knowledge is power. Now, when that quote came out, right, you, you know, many of us had a sense of what that means. Knowledge is power. But in our quest for knowledge, where are we looking? Um, and I think right now, you know, Marge, I want to thank you so much for sharing what you shared from the knowledge book. But more importantly, to really now look at this from a spiritual perspective, because I'm really, uh, I'm struck by at least my spiritual upbringing. And originally, you know, uh, uh, believe me, I, I come from a family where there were multiple religious practices. And then on my own journey, I certainly did experience, you know, many philosophies from around the world because I was a spiritual hitchhiker. I didn't know where to land. Um, 
so that that's what my journey was like. But part of the journey was a search, a search for truth in a sense, a, a real search for truth. But let's talk about spiritual health and well-being for a minute, because it directly, in my opinion, relates to what you just shared. Can you talk to that? Okay, our spiritual growth, as far as I understand it, is actually our journey from the ego towards our essence. Our essence is part of that spiritual totality, the spiritual dimension, the natural energy. This is the energy that was the start of it all. Now, the closer we are to our essence, the closer we are to that spark of God in us, the spark of spiritual totality in us, the higher our evolution level is. And the further we are from our ego, the more in alignment will we be with those five precepts of the original law of the universe. So that's our journey. That's our spiritual journey. And on this spiritual journey, it has taken us lifetimes upon lifetimes, hundreds and thousands of lifetimes for us to reach where we are. And each step of the game, so if you've got, let's say, a 50-watt bulb, in one lifetime, you go through your lessons, you go through whatever teaching is that is provided for you during that lifetime. Then the next lifetime, you became maybe a 55 white bulb. And then you go through whatever journey that you had set for yourself in that lifetime, and you became a 60 white bulb. Then maybe some teaching you, maybe you were more in alignment with, maybe some you were more uh, persistent in following the guidelines given to you, then you became a 100-watt bulb. And each step of the game, that's been our journey, our journey from the ego to our essence and our godly essence. So that is our spiritual totality. And over lifetimes and lifetimes, we were given those tools, those methodologies that were perfectly suited and perfectly adapted to our particular level to our particular evolution level, consciousness level, frequency and energy level. And we've actually finished in the year 2000, 6,000 years of evolution, spiritual evolution through the sacred texts. So at the time of Moses, what was more important is law and following the law, mm -hmm. which means we were taught to follow something outside of our own ego, follow someone else's prescription for what you need to do and how you need to do it. Once we've learned that came Christ, came Jesus, and he came in with love. He came in with a love frequency and that allowed us to go incorporate law, however, go beyond law and basically turn the other cheek and love the person. And when we came to the time of Muhammad, that's when social law came into place. That's when we started to learn to how to socially interact and how to socially uh, act with people and how we were supposed to purport ourselves. And right now, at the end of the 6,000 years of evolution, of going from ego towards the essence, the knowledge book comes in. And anyone who's been through the previous sacred texts, anyone who's been through these lifetimes of evolution, is now ready for the knowledge book. And they have come to the level of 72nd energy dimension, which is the alpha dimension. And that's your stepping stone, that's your entry, that's your ticket and license to go into the knowledge book. And then the knowledge book takes over from there. The knowledge book is very specifically designed to take us from 
the 72nd energy dimension to the 76th energy dimension, which is called Omega. And Omega, at that point, we will be going onto the path of light, and that's when we'll have merged with our spiritual totality. So our travel throughout our lifetimes has been from the third dimension to the eighth dimension, meaning the third dimension is the dimension of the world, and we're going to the eighth dimension, which is the spiritual dimension. So that's our journey from three to eight. At seven, we become, which is called the, the dimension of perfection. That's the seventh dimension, and that's the point at where we become genuine humans. And at that point, our external form, our bodies, and our evolution level is at the same level as our spiritual totality. So our inside and our outside is equal. And from that point forward, we'll be going into the ninth dimension, which is the lordly dimension, and we'll be increasing energies after that. So this is where we are. This is the steps that we've gone through that we're going through right now. Maybe it's more technical, but anyway, that's our, our journey. Mm-hmm. And every one of the prescriptions that are given to us, because all the sacred texts are basically prescriptions given by a doctor, okay? You are, you're closer to ego. You don't want to listen to anybody. You're doing everything your own way. You want to kill. You want to steal. You want to cheat. You want to do all that stuff. Well, this is your prescription. Follow the law. Follow the rules. Then try to love somebody else. Try to care for someone else. And then on on up the line. And the knowledge book now gives us a different set of prescriptions. So the number one step with the knowledge book is reading. And when you are reading, you're focusing, you're trying to understand what is being said. You're basically meditating. When we're doing studies in the council or we're doing studies as far as focal point or flower studies are concerned, we're all focusing, we're all meditating. When we are reading, each one of the words has its own particular frequency. And when we are praying and we are reciting a mantra, each prayer and each mantra connects us to a specific dimension. And it is the key to opening that dimension and letting us absorb the energies, frequencies and knowledge of that dimension. And we progress step by step to higher and higher dimensions. If you have a box, let's say, Mm -hmm. and inside the box is a smaller box and outside the box is a bigger box. So maybe we can think of the Russian dolls, right? Yeah. Each doll is a different size. So if you have a key to the inside baby Russian doll, that key will not fit to the outside Russian doll. It's too small. And conversely, if you have a key that opens up the big Russian doll, it won't be able to open the smaller one. Right. So each key, each prayer, each mantra is a specific key to a specific dimension. And as we're reading the knowledge book, each one of those words, each one of those concepts basically becomes a key to open up a specific dimension and allow us to cleanse ourselves of ego and to get closer and closer to our essence. The studies that we are doing, being in a council, writing the knowledge book, reading the knowledge book, All those are methods by which we are training ourselves to think of the other person, to cooperate with the other person, work together with another person who possibly may have been our enemies in previous lifetimes. Because right now what is being done is that enemies are being put together. And interestingly enough, some of the shows that are being broadcast and translated to many, many dozens of languages throughout the world have these kind of lessons in them where they're pointing out that we can do time travel. They're pointing out that even though 
this is person is your enemy in this lifetime they you know your friend in your life this current lifetime they could have been your enemy in your previous lifetime so we're given lessons not only through the knowledge book we're given lessons through all the movies through all the tv shows through the radio programs all over the place so we are being taught everywhere we're giving messages everywhere so step by step this is our journey from the ego to the essence getting to our spiritual totality and everything that we do, and we are guided by our internal compass, by our program of evolution, by our own program and plan of destiny, we are guided to go to those places and to those teachers and listen and hear those movies and radios that are perfectly suited for us at that particular time to get us to the next step. Mm. I I, th- I want to comment on a couple of things. Uh, okay. You and I were talking about it during the break. Um, one of the things I want to comment on is knowledge that comes through in the form of what we would call fiction. So let me talk about that a minute, uh, because I think knowledge comes to us just as you're talking through the knowledge book. And then we become a vehicle for the way it gets expressed. And right now, I, you know, there is a theme in what our pop culture in the form of Hollywood uh, is is putting uh, uh, on air. There's a theme to it. And let's talk about this for a minute because I don't think there's a mistake. I think that, you know, if you go back in time and you look at the first vehicle, let's call it, for disseminating massive amounts of information to massive amounts of people, Right, the first vehicle of its kind that was available was a radio. It was available to general public. You know, it was that thing that was out there. And when you think about this and you go back and you start to see some of the, you know, some of the shows that were done, they represented so many dimensions that cannot be seen or we do not know exist. There was so much of that, right? And then we look at the evolution of this and where we are today. Today, we're at a place where we are looking at from from a pop culture point of view, right? And I I just want to talk about pop culture. And what I mean by that is Hollywood, uh, China now entering the movie game, right? India entering the the entering so we're talking not just about the united states marge we're Mm -hmm. talking about all over the world where we're now seeing asia for example you you know we're talking about places that have access to produce these kinds of images so what we're finding in this and i look at it from a psychological perspective but i want to look at it from a spiritual perspective Because what we're seeing being projected on screen, I believe, is either a call for action, a remedy, a metaphor for what's happening, and more recently, by the latest Amazon Amazon series that has just just taken everybody by storm, Carnival Row, is a reflection of what's actually happening in the world today. And I want to talk to you about that because knowledge is power. But sometimes, Marge, I want to ask you this. 
sometimes we think knowledge has to come from a specific place, but sometimes it can come from the innovation and creativity, which is within us. And I want to know what you make of that. Okay, well, the knowledge book explains this. Number one, all the knowledge that has come to us, whatever form it takes and however it comes to us, comes from the 10th dimension, which is the dimension of the mechanism of influences. Now, those individuals, the artists, are the ones that are basically at the highest dimension. They're able to connect with and get ideas from and be inspired by that knowledge that's coming in from the mechanism of influences. They are the ones that first are able to grab that information, grab that knowledge, and bring it to us. So we're not there yet. Most of us are not there yet to understand, but they are the innovators. They are the ones that are coming in with new ideas that need to be discussed, that new ideas that need to be inculcated in the rest of us. So the knowledge book explains that all the knowledge that's been given to us is coming from the dimension of influences, and the artists are the first ones that are bringing that to us. And that's perfectly exemplified by your examples of radio, TV, movies, soap operas, whatever it is. These are all ballet, theater, plays, everything. Mm -hmm. Everything that is artistic, everything is portraying and giving us some idea that the artist has been able to bring in to this third world dimension so that someone who absolutely needs it at that particular point in time can actually mm -hmm. connect with it, learn from it, and be able to change their lives because of it. Mm -hmm. I had a giant conversation about six months ago with someone. And so March, and probably because I am reading the knowledge book, but out of my mouth, I was in a, I was listening to somebody complain about music and they were complaining. And Benny knows this better than me. I'm not very good with the dates, uh, but they were complaining about rap music. Now I come from the Bronx and I swear that is the home of rap. I'm just saying for everybody, Benny may <laughs> disagree with me. He may be talking about LA, uh, it, it, grunge clearly is Seattle. But when I look at what those messages were coming out of New York city, right? Mm -hmm. And I think about it, it is exactly aligned with what you're saying. So let's break it down for a minute. And I, I'm going to talk conventional, and I'd like you to follow with the knowledge book. Uh, what I saw with that information, the messages that were in rap music and still are today, were messages for people that we have a disparity here. We are all equal, but we are not treated equal. And there's mm -hmm. a lot about that that's being said. I mean, you know, I mean, if you haven't ever looked at words or looked at lyrics that come out of rap music. And what happened was it was introduced at a time, right, Marge? The perfect time for it to be introduced, right? It was, it was introduced to it as a time where it would cause more controver controversial feedback and more anger and more distaste for it than perhaps today in the world, right? But it was introduced at a time where it would cause the most attention. And it was introduced in a way that would cause the most controversy. But here's the thing we know. It's still here. The messages are strong. Those people that delivered it 
never wavered on it. You know, whether we're talking about Dre or we're talking about uh, Jay-Z or, you you know, we're we're talking about, you know, the women that came forward to create these messages in this way, they produced a message. And the message is one of the top debates in our Democratic presidential candidate election. It is front and foremost. So now what am I saying? Am I saying that if we didn't have that form of music, maybe we'd coupled with a few other things? It wouldn't be at the height of a political debate. I don't think it would. I think it would be the same old, same old. But isn't this what the knowledge book is saying? It is not judgmental at the way that we're providing knowledge and information. Well, number one, before we can actually learn anything, we need to first become aware of it. (laughs) So the artists... The lyrics, the music basically are a mechanism by which we become aware. The fact, and that doesn't have to be, you know, pro something. You can be completely against it, but you're aware of the topic. You're discussing it back and forth. And it is others' way of learning about that topic or different aspect and different. Yes, the music is one thing. The um, words are something another. But there's different ways that we get um, evolved the different ways that we get higher energy status. So one of the things that are happening as far as music is concerned, whether it's K-pop or rap or, you know, good old rock and roll or hard rock or met, met metallic rock, whatever it is, or, or the traditional, you know, old folky music, if I could use the term. <laughs> but anyway, whatever that is, people who are at that consciousness level will automatically connect with it. And therefore, they will go towards and somehow get connected with on the worldly level with each other and become unified on that level. So this becomes a method of unification and being a method of us being able to identify people's ideas, people's thinking and where people are. Same thing goes with clothes. Same thing goes with fashion. Now, music, on the other hand, the actual music part of it, not the lyric part of it, the music plays an impact impacts our bodies, impacts ourselves. So when we go to Turkey three times a year, those of us who go to Turkey three times a year, but the invitation is open to anyone who would like to come, basically we get two kinds of things that are being impacted on us. Number one, we get a conference with Mrs. Chirac. This is the woman to whom the book was dictated. And we are being impacted on a consciousness level. We are being given energies that are not given, you know, to most people. That we're given knowledge specific to the group that is there at that time. Then on the other hand, we are being given music either through an opera concert or through um, some kind of an orchestra where our bodies, our cells are being impacted with those energies and frequencies that the music provides. So both sides of us, both the consciousness side, the the invisible portion of us and the visible portion of us are being impacted. The same thing Mm -hmm. happens when we go to concerts. When I look at concerts, all the people in that auditorium, in that theater, get to the same consciousness level. They're in the same magnetic field. So it's again another process of unification. This is another unification process around a single idea. Now the other thing is, when we are dancing, when we are in the music, There is no negativity. So we are at the godly dimension at that particular point in time, and we become, at least for that time frame, 
you know, those perfect individuals who only radiate love because there is no negativity inside us. So mm -hmm. music and the arts and however those arts are given to us affect us both on a consciousness level, knowledge level, awareness level, and we progress from there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is just one example, but, you know, what I uh, what I um, I write down different things from the knowledge book, and one of the things that captured me in in the very beginning was a statement, a statement that you know um, had to do with during this difficult time, everyone has gained cosmic awareness, and many people don't know that we're referring to a book that was not wrote that was not written like yesterday, and I was I'm struck by that statement of how universal it is and how important it is and how transparent it is and how it comes to mean that for every day we live in. Uh, uh, and so as I think about this, I think that for me, and I hope you can comment on it, this knowledge challenges me. It challenges me every day. And the more I read it, and I'm not saying I'm a fast reader because I'm following I'm following your instructions in reading. Uh, but there's no mistake that when I put the date on the book, it was, uh, and the date I put on it was December 11, 2017. And that was my birthday. But as I read it, I feel more challenged by it in terms of my own role in humanity. I want to ask you this question. I think I'm not alone in feeling challenged right now in what role we should play, can play, and might play. Does the knowledge book from, you know, my view is I'm being encouraged as a result of it to do more. When I enter my meditation and I ask what's mine to do, now I hear more, do more. Can I ask you about that? Because people think about knowledge as this thing that doesn't require action. No, no. Knowledge is there for us to be able to actually do something. Right. Our, the measure of consciousness, as explained in Fascicle 10, is the idea, is the awareness, idea, action, triplet. So first you have to be aware. When you are aware of something, what idea comes to you about that, meaning you learned that some child is crying, that some child is being separated from their parents. Okay, that's the awareness part of it. Then comes the idea, okay, what can I do about this? What effect can I have on other people? What effect can I have on others to be able to change that? And then the actual action needs to take place, meaning you actually physically have to do something. So basically knowledge comes in as an empowerment. It allows us to actually get an access to our true power as humans and be able to change circumstances, actually change ourselves. And if we change ourselves, we also change others around us because we, through higher energies, through higher frequencies, and our magnetic field changes, our magnetic field becomes stronger and we are able then to affect the surrounding area. I am always thinking about the people in Turkey. They've been in the knowledge book for 20 years, 30 mm. years. And when you're in their presence, a completely different story than being around, you know, us here in the United States, because they've been at it for so much longer. They've used the opportunities. They've used those experiences. They've used those challenges that are, they are faced with 
and they're able to conquer them. They're able to use them not as blocks, but as stepping stones, as you know, the bigger the block, the bigger the boulder in front of you, the higher you will be once you get on top of that boulder, right? Yeah. Yeah. So all our experiences, all that knowledge that comes to us is a means for us being able to tap into our power. Humans are extremely powerful beings. We can do amazing, amazing things if we let ourselves actually do them. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, Marge, and I know we're, we're going to end the show here in a minute. A lot of times things happen accidentally, and I don't believe there are accidents. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that I'm doing this show, it was viewed as an accident. I accidentally dialed the wrong phone number. The fact that if you go back in time, and I, since we are referencing music, if you go back in time to the 80s with DJ Grand Wizard Theodore accidentally dropping the needle on a vinyl, a needle drop, scratching it, and be gay, behold the form of record scratching that dominated, you know, hip-hop and rap music for years. Mm. The needle drop. He dropped a needle. How many people dropped a needle on their records and never realized that there was a creative energy force to create something? But whether that's it, I'm a kid that grew up in the Bronx. I know what Cedric Avenue is. I know about these places. I never thought, Marge, growing up there, I never thought listening to this music that it would have the kind of power. Hence, knowledge is power. I never imagined that something with such a powerful message would still be a message, what? Like, like a million years later? But we're on a journey. I wanna thank you, March, for today. And I do have one last question. How can people find out more? How can they listen to your show? And what's your personal message for us? Uh, okay, so best way to contact me is 973-787-7035, 973-787-7035, texting or calls. That's number one. Number two, my email address is mmjp99 at gmail.com, marymaryjohnpeter99 at gmail.com. There is a website, www.usa.theknowledgebook.net. Personal message is what Mrs. Chanak usually tells us. The verdict of humanity has been placed in humanity's hands. You are the ones who mm. will save the world. Mm. Thank you, March. And for those of you out there, I actually did get to listen to Africa Bambata. Thank you all. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.